Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Philip Zadina's place on the roster once he returns. Red Savage reviewing his World Junior Championship performance and also previewing the game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J, WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty is host over at Lockdown Tigers as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And uh, we're going to lead off today's episode kind of continuing on a conversation we had yesterday, Scotty. We, we didn't really talk about it, but we it came to the forefront in our conversation about how the roster is getting deeper and players are coming off of injury. And we said, well, let's talk about this tomorrow. Well, it's tomorrow now. And so we're going to talk about Philip Zadina and what to do with him once he's healthy. Now, he's a very controversial player. In fact, anytime yesterday or anytime last year, rather, Scotty, you and I wanted to stir the pot, we would just whisper his name gently into the microphone and the episode would go through the roof and be one of our highest rated ever. Um, but this year, obviously, he's only played, what, nine games like Bertuzzi had up until this point and zero points. But all the metrics say he had a, he's played fantastic defensively, which isn't what you drafted him for at sixth overall. But that all leads into that and his age leads into why he's such a controversial player on the Detroit Red Wings uh, roster. So with him coming back to the injury relatively soon, I know he suffered a setback and is now deemed week to week. What do you do with Philip Zadina when he comes back? It, I mean, that's the question of the year, honestly. I, first off, I, I think he is the most controversial player. I don't think it's really particularly close as, as far as polarizing figures. And it's like not even for his own doing i guess is the like phrase i want to use necessarily it's not because he's some like crazy outspoken dude like says outlandish stuff and people are always talking you know like he's always in the news or whatever it's just like because of how he plays on the ice he he's uh easily the most argued over player in this organization uh i would say and uh yeah i mean i think that there are some rumblings just after what we saw with um, holy cow! I'm Verana. Golly! Uh, after what we saw with Verana, the like other there are some player. rumblings about people that are like, oh, maybe they just like see if they can put Zadina through waivers and do the same fate. I I don't think. I think if they do that, that will be because they have, for lack of a better term, given up on Zadina. I think that is really the only situation in which that is the avenue they take. Because uh, I don't see Zadina passing through waivers. And I think that they still want... They, they want to see it through, for better or for worse. I think they want to see the Zadina experience through to the end. Uh, so I, I I am not of the belief currently that he is going to have the same fate as, as Verana in the sense that he's going to get put on waivers and tried to clear through as well because I... I and you mentioned a little bit on yesterday's show. It all has to do with the money and the contract. Like mm -hmm. Verona was age two, uh, right? For sure, a much safer bet to clear through waivers given all those situations with Verona than 
uh, Zadina is just with him still being so young and, and not having too much money tied up into him. It would make a lot more sense for a rebuilding team or a middle of the road team, et cetera, to take a chance and see if a change of scenery is better. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say that it's, uh, which is the next part of the conversation is which player, but I would say that it's, it's going to be, uh, at the hands of a player, not of himself. Yeah. I completely agree with you that when it comes to Phil Zadina and the, the main part reason I bring this up as a conversation, a topic to even talk about on segment one here of today's episode is just because I had seen comments in our own YouTube uh, comment section and on Twitter as well, that they should just send Philip Zadina down. He hasn't produced at all to what his expectations have been throughout his career, early young career. And so far through nine games when he was healthy, he didn't have a single point. And so from a state, like I actually understand the argument from a certain standpoint where it's like send him down to the Grand Rapids Griffins, you know, he's not producing, but the problem is, is now he's no longer waiver exempt and to, exactly what you just said there is he's only making $1.825 million a year. So just under $2 million a year for the next three years. Well, next two really after this season. And he is that perfect player for a rebuilding team to take a flyer on just to see if they can maybe extract a little bit of that magic they saw when they drafted him, the Red Wings drafted him, you know, because if you put him on waivers, 29 other fan bases immediately on Twitter would be like, OMG, RGM, fill in RGM name here. <laughs> like, go he's claim low it. risk. He's low right. risk, and he has potential of having a high reward. Right. He, you know, he's a type of player that may have to change scenery to really turn it on. We, we know he's got the skill set. It's just whether or not the hockey IQ seems to be there with Phil Zadina is the biggest problem. And, you know, He's only 23 years old, and we've talked all last season about, you know, even though it was his fourth season last year in the NHL, two of those seasons were screwed up because of COVID, and his first season was his rookie year, and he didn't play a full year. So, like, really fourth last season, season – he's played in not even close to his fourth full season, right? Yeah, because he played nine games, 28 games, 40, 49 games, and then so last year was his first full season. He played 79, 74 of the 82 games, being a healthy scratch in some of those. So, and he had 24 points, which is underwhelming. And I'm not going to deny that it's an underwhelming result out of a sixth overall pick. And that's why it's like, do you give him more time to figure it out? You know, how much leniency do you give a guy who was drafted so high, but you put him on waivers and he's gone instantaneously because of the fact that he's so low risk, high reward. I mean, think about now you traded for Robbie Fabry for uh, Jacob Della Rose, but Robbie Fabry was a very similar Situation. Think about early days of the Steve Eisman rebuild, Scotty. The Red Wings acquired so many low-risk, potentially high-reward players to see if they would pan out and take a flyer on. Any rebuilding GM is going to do the same thing if they're in the early stages of rebuild. The Anaheim Ducks could maybe grab a Phillips Dean and hope that he could blossom underneath their system. Sure. You know, you look at, I don't know, I'm spitballing here, but like the Buffalo Sabres, I mean, there you got a great young core already, but, you know, you throw a guy who's making less than $2 million out there, maybe he'll, and their great young core will blossom with their crew. I mean, any Montreal Canadiens, even though they're still cap-strapped, they're, they are just starting the rebuild. The Chicago Blackhawks just starting the rebuild. There's so many teams that could take a flyer on Phil Zadina and hope he pans out that putting him on waivers won't do you any good. You'll just be straight up losing him. Now, if you're fine with that, then more power to you. I'm sure there's plenty of listeners who right now are like, okay, I don't care. He's a bust anyway, so I don't care if we lose him. More yeah. power to you. Like, that's fine, but I don't 
think I'm not, well, I don't expect him to ever turn it into the 40 goal score at this point. I still think he can be a very useful piece of the middle six. If he can figure out the scoring, everything's there. He puts himself in the right spot, but man, does he just struggle to finish his finishing ability is horrid. And that's because he's hockey IQ sometimes looks like it's struggling, but the pieces are there. And you just hope that in, with Derek Lalonde's system, like we saw how well it's worked out for Phil Peronic finally getting it together. And we've seen how it worked out for Dominic Kubelik early in the season. Maybe the new system will work out for him. And in the nine games this season, we haven't seen enough to know if it will work out for him. So if you were, if you're willing to lose him on waivers, fine, but I'm not ready to go there yet when there's other players on this team that I think we could possibly do without. And that gets into that conversation is who gets booted out besides him. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, if it's not him, then who? And uh, I, I mean, I'm just going to keep pointing to the three goalies. <laughs> like, uh, I'm not sure like that, that uh, it, it's been a conversation that is now like two going on three weeks long where we're like, okay, at some point, like we can't have three goalies, but yet like here we are and it's January 12th and we still have three goalies. And so I, I'm just, I'm going to keep pointing to that and going that, that seems to make sense to me, but uh, I mean, they, <laughs> they keep prioritizing forwards or the players themselves to get sent down instead. I, I don't know that that's where my brain goes, but I'm, I'm slowly every day that goes by, I become less and less confident that that's going to be the move. Maybe this team just wants three goalies. So, I mean, the question then becomes what player are you willing to lose on waivers? Because you're not, you, you, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna immediately say no, no on Valeno, no on Berggren because right, they've been too good to that bottom six. Well, Berggren now is producing on the top six. You right. he doesn't get sent down. There's no way Berggren gets sent down with how he's been playing. I mean, Lalone said it in uh, post practice conference today is that Berggren has the one thing that Lalone wanted out of Berggren was more consistency, and that he has brought that over the last couple of weeks, which is why he's been getting extra minutes. Valeno has been a solid bottom six center who has been getting scoring opportunities and has scored goals. He just had a six game point streak. Yeah. The Red Wings. I mean, if, if in an era where they weren't goalie, scoring, then I think the conversation is just Suter or Ernie. Like that's really, that's or, the only other way to go. Or Lindstrom or Osterley. Sure. Because you're, you are carrying two extra sure. defensemen. If you want to go defense. Yeah. I mean, there, there are questions to be asked there, but the question is just, who would you be willing to lose? You know, do you want to keep the extra center and Pew Suter? Because right now you're carrying five centers, Rasmussen currently playing wing on the top six. Or would you want to send lose Suter on waivers or just roll four centers? Um, but if you want to, you know, and that's assuming you want to keep the physicality that Adam Ernie brings. But if you think Adam's, Adam Ernie's physicality isn't outweighing his lack of production and uh, ability to turn the puck over, then you you send him down. If I mean, there's so many different routes you could go, but the end of the day is you've got to be comfortable losing a player, I think, because I don't think you send down yeah. Bergen. I don't oh, think you well, send yeah. down Valeno. For sure, 100%. All right. When we come back, we'll talk about Red Savage in the World Junior Championships. He was the only Red Wing to go, Red Wing prospect to go to the World Juniors uh, this tournament after like nine went last tournament. So we'll talk about that in segment two. But first, got to talk to you guys today about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info. Stats, news, and analysis get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season basketball. 
uh, and the NHL regular season. They've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They are the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings po- uh, podcast. The World Junior Championships finished up last week, but it's been pretty busy, so we haven't had a chance to get to it. And with the Red Wings only having one player go, we were able to kind of like kick that can down the road a little bit. But it was a Lockdown Red Wings uh, favorite here that made it to the World Junior Championships in Red Savage, who we show. interviewed, what, three months ago now? God, it's been forever. We interviewed early December with Sunquist, so that was over the summer, I think, was Red Savage. It was. Red Savage was before the season started because it was right during camp. Yeah, because I remember I was, I we was asked DMing him with him. Camp, yeah. I was DMing with him when I was in Traverse City, and that was July. So, yeah, that was over the summer where we had him on, so it's been like a good six, seven months. Man, time flies. Uh, but he went to the World Junior Championships, was the third-line center for Team USA, who lost in the semifinals to team Canada, uh, wore an a four team USA and had, I think six points in seven games, which is really impressive for where he was in the lineup, three goals, three assists. I mean, Scotty, I know he's not like the most sexy Detroit Red Wings prospect out there right now. He's not Elmer Soderblom. He's not Simon Edmondson or Albert Johansson, William Wallander, but you know, this 2021 fourth round pick is steadily making progress on his own and climbing his way up the depth chart in my eyes. Yeah, this is a, a great conversation that a lot of people have with prospects across like all sports. And it's the conversation of just like flat out production versus like measurements and like quote unquote intangibles, right? People have that, that I don't want to call it a debate necessarily, but that discussion very often. And uh, this is a, a, a dude that is, you know, on draft night was not like the fastest skater in the draft and, and didn't have like one skill that everybody was like, oh, like you're getting him for, for you know, this, but it is very well-rounded and everywhere he has been placed as since being drafted, he has produced. And lately in the last like 12 months, especially, uh, there has just been great production, and with USA, he's worn a letter multiple times, and he was continues the to produce there. Yeah, it continues to to produce there. Whether it's, I mean, he was playing on fourth line last year with USA and was still putting up production, and, uh, and now, like you said, I mean, six points in seven games. He just everywhere he goes, he just continues to produce, and everywhere he goes, he's viewed at as a leader, and uh, like I. I don't know how you at this point can't be excited about him. And and again, it's not, it's not like he has a, an overwhelming skill that you look at and you go, that'll be the reason, but uh, production and, and leadership don't lie either. No, and it doesn't. And that's the thing that's impressed me too, is, you know, production isn't something that you necessarily get with red savage. That's not his calling card, his calling card. He plays a very gritty game and he's good defensively, and he's a beast on the penalty kill. So for him to go out there on the third line and then still get six points in seven games with Team USA, I mean, it says a lot about how long, uh, how far along he's coming in his own development. And, and you know, uh, in 16 games with Miami, uh, Miami University of Ohio, he's got 10 points in 16 games. So he's over half a point a game there. So, I mean, the next step for him is probably, I would imagine, if he gets signed to an uh, entry-level contract, 
you know, for him to go to, I'd probably, I'd probably garner a guess. He'd go to like maybe the Toledo walleye first, just because mm-hmm. with him, it's probably it might be smaller baby steps, but that's getting way ahead of ourselves. But he's, he's had a nice little bit of production on his own and it just continues this trend we've been seeing ever since Steve Eisenman has taken over of middle, middle to late draft picks. And not every single guy we talk about is ever going to make the NHL. We understand that, but middle to late round draft picks, you know, making impressive strides in their development. We talk about Amadeus Lombardi, who got an entry-level contract this year, was literally just drafted in this last draft. Right. And is suddenly got leading the league, close to leading the OHL in points, leading his team in points. And then also you got guys like Elmer Soderblom, who was another, I think, fourth-round pick in his own right. Or sixth-round pick was Elmer Soderblom. Boom. Now he's got an entry-level contract, makes the Red Wings out of camp. I mean, the ability of Iserman to identify talent, and Hakan Anderson as well for the European guys, to identify talent, and Chris Traper. Got to give talent to all, you got to give credit to all the guys. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just say the Red Wings organization. <laughs> the continued ability to recognize ca- talent by the Red Wings organization uh, has – impressed me to no end because I, I don't know if there has been a single guy yet. And you know, the deep, deeper you go in the draft, the harder it is to say they're a bust, but every single guy that we seem to talk about has potential. Maybe we only talk about the guys who have potential, but you know, we haven't talked about that Russian guy yet all that much uh, yet. Dmitry Buchnilkov. I yeah. think that's how it's pronounced who over in uh, the VHL is really coming alive and climbing the, up the lineup. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of, even though the Red Wings are starting to climb out of the rebuild, the cabinet's not dry yet. There's still a lot of talent coming. Which is important because we've seen, if if we want to do like a quick, like 30-second Locked on Tigers crossover, like that's something that, that, was, that was very much uh, overlooked by the Tigers rebuild, right? Like they had, everybody looked at the five top prospects and was like, oh, like, like Green, Torkelson, and then the three pitchers, like they were going to come up and just save the team. And then they all got promoted. And then the farm system ranking went from like top five in all of baseball to like immediately back down to the very bottom of prospect rankings just because like that that was it. Those were the only five that that were uh, viewed at fondly by like national media. So that's a really big deal to be able to continue to to – call players up and to continue to, to find reinforcements while not losing that production and, and to, to not stop producing those young prospects is a really, really big deal. And, and even if they don't all reach their ceilings, it's just objectively great for depth, which is something that we obviously talk about all the time. And organizational depth is, is unbelievably important and a very overlooked aspect of, of team building. So uh, very nice to see. Red Savage can and look like for back to Savage specifically here before we wrap up like that's a dude where I mean if he becomes like a a leader and like a focal point of the bottom six at some point that's a massive win like a, you know what I mean like if he's a steady consistent like bottom six forward that maybe wears an A or or, or is viewed at at least as like a leader of the bottom six. Like that's a, that's a massive win to get that in the fourth round. So yeah, like he just continues to have a really, really good trajectory. Well, and I said earlier that like scoring is not really his game and that's not completely true. 
I just, I still struggle, struggle daily to figure out what the proper lighting setting is on this thing. Like right now it feels like it's too bright. I go down one setting and now it feels like it's too dark. There's no, there's no winning. Um, it feels like that one's bad. The, with Red Savage, like if you get him, if he gets down low with space, he actually does have really nice hands. Like he can create yeah, offense, yeah. but man, is he, he's, he's so great on the penalty kill and he's so strong on the four check that like, he just is, He's just got a high, like we, we joke about high motor guys, but he's a high motor guy. And then we talked obviously about before world junior championships, the, uh, the ability of him as a third line center to wear a letter speaks a lot about how they view him in the locker room as a leader. And that, you, you, I mean, that goes a long way for developing culture on a team. Like it's not, it's great to have super talented players, but if they're whiny crybabies that tear the team apart, that can be detrimental. I mean, look at what happened with, you know, Pierre Luc Dubois seems to be, you know, not to, I'm not trying to call him a whiny crybaby. Cry I want to, you know, divest, divest myself from that comment when talking about Pierre Luc Dubois. But, you know, when there's a really, really good player that's not happy, it can really cause a divide in the locker room about what to do with that guy because he's so, so, so good, but he doesn't seem to have that necessary like maturity. I, I struggle to say like things like that, but it can cause a rift so when you have a guy like red savage who is just like can bring that leadership quality to the team and is super mature like that that goes a long way when drafting a player as well you want that mental maturity too like you want those guys who aren't going to come in and make it all about them and luckily we seem to have that as well and like Mo Sider and lucas raymond who just want to go out there and play the game and have fun and don't really care much about their own stat sheet just having fun and helping the team and i mean Steve Eisman's clearly got a plan here when it comes to the culture he wants to build. Absolutely. So uh, when we come back, we'll move into segment three and preview the game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Doesn't that sound familiar? So stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? They got Then you got to try a Built Bar. They just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then, man, I got just the thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. P perfect for your New Year's resolution, which admittedly is my New Year's resolution. I think I gained like 13 pounds this last year, Scotty. So Built's going to help me get back on track. And with all the delicious flavors that they have in their arsenal – it's going to make it easy for me because the hardest part of any weight loss regime, diet, whatever you want to call it, is eating right. Because eating healthy tastes horrible, but not with Built Bar. Because with the Built Classic Built Bars and the Built Bar Puffs, every single flavor is a winner. And I will okay. hammer it home every time we do this uh, read. The Cookie Dough Chunk Puff is the go-to. It's the GOAT. It's the best one. I know you're a big fan of the churro. Haven't tried it personally. I want to try it. And I might be able to try it soon as well, Scotty, because now you can buy Built Bars at Walmart and Sam's Club, Well, where previously you could only find it on their website. So if you go to Built.com or you go to Walmart and you go to Sam's Club, you can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff at Walmart or at Sam's Club. Get a 13-bar box with hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. So got to go to Sam's Club for so if I want good. the churro. So make sure you guys go to built.com or either of those retailers. Pick up a box. Built.com. 
Segment three, Locked On Red Wings podcast. All right, Scotty, you got a win under your belt. You broke your losing streak. One of those losses included the Toronto Maple Leafs. Dude, I thought you were talking about me specifically. I was like, what? I was, <laughs> I was like, I didn't know I was on a losing streak. Thanks. You were you, you on the Red Wings with me in that dream I had. Yes. Uh, I'm just kidding. Yes. Uh, <laughs> can you beat the Toronto Maple Leafs this time? That is the question. You, I, I, I hope. You hope. I ho- I sure hope so. I will stay away from making any certain definitive answers to this one because we talked big about the Winnipeg Jets and then just complete opposite of everything. Like we gave possible scenarios on both sides of the spectrum and somehow the opposite happened on both of those ends of the spectrum at the same time. Like the five on five fell apart, but all the goal scoring exploded at the same time. My hands right now going all over the place are a representation of how chaotic that Winnipeg Jets game was. It's It's accurate. It it was wild, man. It was definitely a wild one. And look, like we just look at the the Toronto games this year have just been, I mean, a doozy. I mean, listen, the Red Wings have not beaten the Toronto Maple Leafs in the 2020s. This decade, the Red Wings do not have a single win over the Toronto Maple Leafs. That stat comes via Jeff Rieger from 97-1. And... I mean, the the preview here, guys, is eerily similar to the one that we just gave you. I mean, they're stuck in the division. Marner, Matthews, Nylander, you guys know the Toronto Maple Leafs at this point. You know that they are a regular season juggernaut and have been playing incredibly well. And goaltending, Matt Murray has had a bounce back year. I'm pretty sure their offense, like their team rankings for offense have only gotten better since the last time we played them. Yeah, too. I think they were like surprisingly like closer to the bottom part of the top 10 and a lot of uh, like five on five and team statistics. And now they just are climbing and yeah, they're 13th really in the league stride. right now at Corsi four percentage 13th. Yeah. And before yeah. I think they were a little lower than that. Uh, if I'm yeah. recalling correctly. And, and even just in like the offensive production, uh, honestly, defensive too. They, they, like this team is is only getting better as the season goes along. They got off to, I don't want to say a slow start. Cause like for, 25 other teams it wouldn't have been a slow start but a little bit of a slower start than i think some people anticipated and very quickly turned that around and just have been on an upward trajectory for the last month or so so yeah absolutely i mean this is just a it's a really scary hockey team and the red wings want incredible in the face-off circle oh absolutely yeah i mean they're incredible at everything is their biggest flaw still continues to be their defense but that's come a long ways from where it was and playing hockey in the spring and playing hockey in the spring is their biggest weakness. True that. There is no silver bullet for this game. There is no X factor for this game. It's they not the, springtime. It's not springtime. There, there's they have the eighth best power play in the league. Their penalty kill is currently ranked. Where are you at right now? Come on now. They're ranked 17th, so they're in the middle of the pack. Penalty kill better than yours. The only way you beat this team is either they play a crappy game, you play a perfect game, or you just hope by some strange thing that Matt Murray craps the bed like Connor Hellebuck did against you two nights ago. Uh, this, this, I'm, I'm not, and I'm not trying to like stroke the ego of Toronto Maple Leafs fans, but I'm being realistic. This is a really, really good hockey team, and the Red Wings, while taking steps forward this year, are still a long way from being what the Maple Leafs roster is. So you want to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs, you got to play your nuts off. 
You got to yeah. have the best possible game. You have like better than the Tampa Bay lightning game. In my opinion, either of those games, like you got to play a perfect game. If you want to be Austin Matthews, Michael Bunting, Mitch Marner, John Tavares. And it really, honestly, for me personally, Scotty, it starts in the defensive zone because they've yeah. proven in the last few games that they can put some pressure on offensively, but in the defensive zone, they look lost. You have to play a strong defensive game. If you want to stop the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. We've talked about that a lot lately. And, um, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is just you're not going to be able to have like a a Red Wings period. <laughs> like you're not going to be we're going to trademark the Red Wings period. Like we're not going to be able to to to, to do that. Um, you're going to have to play 60. You're not going to be able to to play really well for 40 and then kind of like slip in, in either the first or the third. Uh, you're you're going to have to you're going to have to play really solid for 60. And uh, that's. So far, based on what we've seen up to this point in the season, that seems to be a tall task. But yeah, I um, mean, you came out really hard in the last game and you played a good period in a half. But yeah. then the Toronto Maple Leafs woke up and, you know, that was at Toronto. And thankfully, this one's at LCA. So you hope that gives you a I little bit of I don't even know if edge. it's woke up. It's just like that they're better than you. And like you have to play way harder to match their level than they have to play to match your level. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't even know if it's necessarily like woke up. It's just like, one team is is exuding like way more like effort to maintain this level of play than the other, and like also, eventually uh, that 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 I guess runs out. But we've we, we've seen some upsets before this season, and uh, maybe not against Toronto, but we'll that's see. the thing, right? That's that's what it comes down to. Like we just watched this game against Winnipeg, where the Red Wings got caved in, but won seven to five. I mean, yep, it's, it's hockey. It's, it's hockey. the. It's the biggest sport where any game can go any which way. It is I mean, in the end, I think skill does. Um, it, when you're you're straining the teams through a sifter, it's the skill based teams that are going to stay inside. But with the Red Wings, any game is possible. Any game they can have the best game of the season, and this could be it. There's nothing stopping them from this being stopping this from being that game for them. So go out there and play a perfect game because we do know you have it in you. We know you have the talent to stun opponents. We've seen it. We saw you beat the Tampa Bay lightning twice. You just beat the Winnipeg jets. Just go out there and do it like enough talking about it. Right? Like enough talking about how we got to be better yeah, and dude, how just do it. Just do it. Just do it. You know, if I were them, I just win every game. I don't know what the right? problem is. Right. I mean, it's not that hard. Just go out there <laughs> and skate, shoot the puck. You win. Yeah, dude. I don't, I don't get do what it. the whole big deal is. Just be ready to play. I mean, Derek Lillian said he already had the worst. They already had the worst game they had all season in a win. Um, in a win. <laughs> <laughs> I love, love that man. Uh, he's he's precious. Uh, you know what? No. Did what? You, did you see the comments Lillian made in today's after today's practice where he talked about how on his to do list is getting Dan Campbell to come in to like amp them oh, up? Oh yeah, this he's still really big on that. This would be the perfect game to have Dan Campbell come to hype the team up before playing their biggest rival. <laughs> would be kind of sick. Can you imagine him trying to like, like talk hockey lingo, but not really getting it because he's not a hockey player and like throwing football terms in there? He's like, "You're gonna go out there and score three touchdowns." It's trying to make me. <laughs> but every dude in that room is gonna be riled up. You best they'll, believe they'll know what he means. Oh yeah, except for maybe the Europeans actually, but. They'll, they'll get the vibe. They'll get the yeah, aura. It's all about vibes. All Dan about Campbell's vibe. all about vibes. So, 
that'd be great if that was the game that it happened. But anyway, Scotty, any final thoughts, dog? Uh, we ball, baby. We ball. Uh, we'll be back on Friday with a game recap and a game preview. As I think they got what, what one, two games. We should really know these things off off riff, man. No, they, well, they they play it. They just play a ton the rest of the month. They, yeah. There's not very many. Saturday they play against Columbus at home. I think that's the final time they play Columbus. Wow. So we'll take it. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny is you. when we thank you. Sometimes unintentionally. Sometimes it's more at me than with me. Uh, but that's what I meant. When I uh, thank you. When we when we first started, I had such a I wanted to make sure I never like made a mistake or made an error when talking. That anytime I made a mistake, I'd be like, ah, crap, I gotta cut that. And now it's just like, oh, I don't know the Red Wing schedule. Let me pull up the app right now. And uh, oh yeah, they play Saturday. Like I got a life, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love this podcast so much, though, man. It's so me fun. Too. It's a blast, even when the team wants makes me want to punch a wall. Agreed. All right. We'll be back on Friday, guys. I love you, Scotty. I love all you listeners. You're fantastic. Uh, You put up with our nonsense. So we'll be back. Same time, same place. It's your team every Every day. day.